I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up hip hop by the numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. You all are the podcast just phony. I put that on my mama and my dead homies. This is digging in digits. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, you are hiding a child. I'm joking. Hi, Ben. Uh, oh, oh, hold up, hold up, man. No, who are you speaking to? Jeez. Dude, that was wild, man. God. That's going to be wild I, I, when we get into that. <laughs> I mean, it has to be wild if we're talking about these topics. I mean, we get, if we're getting into this kind of shit, we have to get wild on these intros. <laughs> Oh yeah, man. It, it required it. It required a bit of wildness. I don't know what accent <laughs> that was at the start. I apologise. I I, I I dipped in between myself and Ice Cube. I was trying to. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing then. <laughs> I think I got there right. anyway. Jesus. God. <laughs> uh, hi Ben. Uh, how you doing? Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been it's been a big week so i'm back home this week which means that uh we have an annoying delay on our recording which we did not get used to um yeah if people don't understand how hard this is to actually record a podcast with a delay like we're we're operating on a really high level like and charlie is operating on a very very high level when he edits his stuff so when you listen to it and it all mashes together understand that a lot of time and effort goes into that so i appreciate you charlie thank you for doing that <laughs> again for this is not the first time where i've had to say this but yeah too much credit way too much credit <laughs> literally. No, <laughs> no. that deep. okay i appreciate that i appreciate all right that. well let's I'll, I'll... all right this is not hard it's not hard <laughs> Fuck, man. well i can't do it i definitely can't do it i appreciate it Okay, fair enough. But anyway, uh, how's your week been? And what have you been blasting this week? Uh, you know, another 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 typical week for me. Uh, but I actually listened to four projects this week, so I really pushed the boat out this week. I'm going to start with the Whoa. garbage. Yeah, I know. I'm going to start with the garbage because I listened to Casanova's album Behind These Scars. Now there was some decent stuff on this. The opening track was great. The fabulous feature was great. Uh, knock knock was great but the rest was just like that 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 chris brown feature was totally unlistenable i'm listening to it right and and the hook is sung by chris brown and i'm just like surely this can't be chris brown it's just it's just unlistenable. what are you doing why are you screeching on the track like that and then when I got home, because it was in the car, and obviously if you touch your phone while you're driving in Australia, you go to jail for 10 years. Like, they're really pretty crazy about that. So I get home, and I'm like, whoa, that was Chris Brown. Okay, man, we come a long way from running, haven't we? Like, it's 2019, and, and things are descending into madness for Chris Brown. Uh, and the other thing about that Casanova album is, I don't know why these rappers feel like they need to do the sexy love song. It's not sexy. It's not cute. 
it, I don't know what women this appeals to. It's like some of the lines were, and this look the the lyrics. Uh, sorry, not the lyrics. The 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 vibe of the track is meant to be this R and B sexy thing, and he raps in your best fit. Fuck the next bitch. Fuck your exes. Read your texts. Grab your homegirl. Let's hit the exit. Like how in in what realm is that sexy, Casanova? Your name is Casanova. No, so yeah, man, I I wasn't feeling that album, and I love Casanova. Don't get me wrong, man. Uh, came up under Memphis Bleak, signed to Rock Nation. Uh, I really think he's an intelligent guy. I listened to his interviews, but uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy this album. I get to the albums I did like. The first one is uh, Giants of All Sizes by Elbow. Now this is an alternative British rock band, man. Guy Garvey's the lead singer of this band, and he is the last living poet, I swear. He's just like, I don't understand how he has such beauty inside his head and his body. But um, when I listened to this album, it was very, very depressing and dark. And I thought, because I know that he broke up, uh, he, he and his long-term partner broke up a few years ago, and then they dropped Little Fictions, which was not a very good album, sounded uninspired, and I thought, oh, he's finally inspired again to, to kind of speak about the, the pain that he's gone through, but it's not about that at all. He's actually got a two-year-old son, he's married, and this was simply just him in a dark place because his father passed from cancer which is a horrible thing, but this album is just, I haven't stopped listening to it, I can't, man, it, it disarmed me, and like made me cry a few times, it's a beautiful piece of music, it's like a total return to form for Elbow, who I think have one of the best discographies in rock music, period, anyone, and um, I can't praise that album high enough, I really enjoyed that, uh, listen to Young Boy Never Broke Again, AI Young Boy 2, now, this album really surprised me. Youngboy NBA actually was the most prolific rapper of 2018. He rapped 42,000 words in 2018 alone, one year. It was six projects and like 30 guest spots or something. And this album was like, I was expecting like a generic trap album, but it is definitely not. Uh, if you, like, because when I spoke about Kevin Gates last week, I said it's like, you know, street life mixed with emotion. We'll multiply that by five and you have this album from Youngboy NBA. Like, I've never heard a Youngboy project before in my life, but I can see why he keeps drop, dropping projects because this is like top tier hip hop. Uh, the pain, I wrote this, the pain of existence in a system designed explicitly for you to fail, the anger and the frustration that breeds, the way it manifests, the aftermath, the guilt, the sleepless nights and the anxiety. It's like a movie. And the thing about this album is I don't know. I never knew where it was going to go next. I didn't know if he was going to strap up and, and start writing or he's going to be at home alone crying. So I oh, can't recommend that album higher. Um, I think it's really close to a classic, actually. Obviously, it's been out for three days. But I mean, like for me personally, when I go back to it in years to come, I'm going to be like, man, that was an intense album. Um there's a lot of violence on there. 42.1% is violence. 26.3% is emotional pain. So, yeah, I really like that album. And then Wale's album. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, man, Wale might have dropped a classic. Is it crazy? <laughs> it's a little bit. A little bit. It depends on what, you, what your definition of crazy is. Um, there's 31.2% is mental health. 
38.4% is just empowerment and love and like lifting people up. 63% of it is just simply about women. 63%, nearly two thirds. That's the highest of his career. But he's on a different energy. Like a lot of the rhetoric surrounding this album has been positivity, not focusing on the hate and the industry games and the politics that have been really cruel to Wale. I've spoken to Wale a little bit on Twitter um, and we've spoken in comments and, you know, People criticize Wale for just wiling out, but I can understand where that wiling out comes from because he speaks on it all in this, you know, the, the industry politics especially and the way he's been held down and it's just the messy, he's, he's, he's struggled, man, he's struggled and you can see it in this album, like, this is a very open and honest album, uh, but I, I really enjoy it, I, I adore it. There's an album, there's a track, um, something like, let you go or uh, i forget the name of it but it's um it might be track 11 or track 10 and he's talking about how he can't be in a relationship because of his mental health holy shit did that resonate with me i was like oh wale you are preaching right now so um i don't know that i could recommend that to you if you're listening i think you need to be in the right headspace to listen to that but if you are in that headspace man this album's gonna speak to you so i was really impressed because i have never really enjoyed a wale album from start to finish but this one this is wale like i always said who is wale i don't really know what his like uh, defining quality is but now i know like this is totally wale so if yeah I, if you're in that headspace go go check that out so yeah man that's what i got into this week what about yourself well, I knew you listened to Wale, so um, I'm not. So, I'm not gonna say I purposely didn't, but I, okay. I, I had like two albums to listen to today, and I was, I was like, well, it's definitely not gonna be that one. It's gonna be uh, one I'm gonna mention in a bit. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad at least one of us listened to it because uh, I feel it's worth it. Um, literally, the only the only Wale album I've listened to is like uh, I think the album about nothing, and I really enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, yeah, I, was, it was I, I came out like oh, god, at least five years ago, something like that, and yeah, it was good. Yeah. So um, I'll probably. See if I can hop onto it at some point uh, later in the week, but yeah, uh, start off my week. Uh, I was I wanted to listen to this last week, but I, uh, but I just didn't find the time to. Uh, Robert Glasper's "Fuck Your Feelings." Um, it's great. This is great. <laughs> this is so funny. Like the intro is so crease. Like uh, him and Atheon Crockett just argue because Atheon Crockett starts rapping in the intro, and he's like, "Stop rapping! This is my intro." It's, it's great. Uh, Robert Glasper's such a funny dude. But yeah, the features on here. Bro, the features on here tough. Let me just let me just slap off these names, right? So, Atheon Crockett, Buddy, Denzel Curry, Terrace Martin on one track. YBN Corday, Bilal, Herbie Hancock on one track. Whoa. Mick Jenkins is in here. Yeba, Andre Day, Baby Rose, Rhapsody, James Poyser on one track. Sir Bridget right. Kelly Songbird on one track. Queen Sheba one track. Herbie Hancock, Yassine Bay in with like a seven minute just like just stream of consciousness thing going on in like a, the oh second to gosh. last track. Bro, this is fat. This is fat. And apparently it's just a mixtape, which I which again I don't know what I don't know what a mixtape is anymore these days, but uh right. apparently it's a mixtape and yeah, it's fire. It's just got great soul vibes, jazz vibes, it just ble- every track bleeds into one another. Seems like it was just one recorded. It's 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 just great. I love it. It's it's such a good such a good uh, mixtape, uh, from how from how uh Robert Glasper's trying to put it, but I'll just call it an album. And it'll probably if I if I do put it on the album list then it'll go there. But uh, yeah, carrying on under the underachievers, Lord of Fla- Lords of Flatbush Three. Now this is just this is just random. This is just a random pick. I just found it. It was on my Spotify homepage. I was like, 
Come on then, why not? I like Flatbush, Flatbush Zombies, <laughs> something like that. I don't know, but yeah, it's 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 not them. It's not them. It's like it's uh, it's this duo from Flatbush, as you can imagine, and yeah, it's a very um, it's very psych, it's very psychedelic, but uh, in in some ways, but uh, it's got some just thick thick beats and uh, uh, and the bars on there aren't too bad as well. So and that's like a good thirty minute uh, album to listen to. So yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, Aaron May uh, back with another one uh, with Summer Nineteen EP. It's just like a three track thing. Uh, very uh, very calm, very calm, more calm than the the EP the the, the than the mixtape he dropped Chase. I think it's called uh, from earlier in the year. Uh, that was one of my favorite mixtapes of this year, and uh, this EP is no different. So good uh, three track thing there. And my boy Rise, shout out to Rise with the EP debut. Um, obviously had to had the uh, chop up with him uh, via What's Good a couple of weeks ago, and he's finally dropped the actual project itself that he was talking about. And yeah, man, I mean, I got uh, the I got kind of the uh, the the. Sneak. Uh, apparently, I got the sneak peek uh, before before anybody else. So I kind of felt uh, gassed about that. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a super great EP. Uh, it really shows off what he's about uh, from a just a bias standpoint, as a lyricist standpoint. Very eclectic uh, way of sounding as he rapping. So it sounds like he's whispering sometimes. Well, most of the time, uh, it's it's kind of off putting at first. But when you get into it, it's it's it's, it's a good vibe. But yeah, uh, what's next? Well, I didn't get to Wally, did I? So Heather Victoria's uh, Boutique Hotel. So yeah, Jam the Songbird, uh, member of Jam the Records, Heather Victoria drops her album. Uh, very hip-hop soul, uh, neo-soul vibes. Uh, got a couple of features from like Raheem Devon here. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just, if you've, if you've heard... Uh, you, you can tell she's very inspired by, you know, 90s R&B, classic R&B as well, um, like classic soul as well. And uh, yeah, it, it just all just all moulds in here and, and it has like just that little modern tinge that Jammer Records like to do with their beats. And yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's a great album. So one, a great R&B album if, you, if you're looking for something to listen to via R&B. And the album, and the, well, again, a mixtape, fucking mixtapes, <laughs> that, uh, that I uh, had to... Uh, take out Wale for was Ocean Wisdom's Big Talk Volume One. Now, boy, fam, I can't do this anymore. Like I keep catching these projects that I, I'm like, oh, this is a top ten, top ten contender. And I swear I have like thirty now. I, I swear I've said like thirty, and it's pissing me off. I might have to do twenty after this, honestly, because this this mixtape just broke my back. I was just, I was halfway, I was about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes through listening to it, and I was like. It's, it's it's cool. It's cool. You know, there's, there's some great features on here. So I've got Dizzy Rascal on the, on one track. Akala's on another track. P Money and him and Ocean Wisdom go like literally just back and forth on one verse. Is absolutely crazy. Like they just keep going. They go they go fast every time they give it back to each other. It's fucking mad. <sighs> Boy, but yeah, I I thought I thought this. I thought halfway through this uh, uh, mixtape, I was just like. Okay, this is cool. This is good ocean wisdom, and I can't wait to see him next month. I'm going to see him live next month, and but, but yeah, he just started to it just started to get more deep, and there was like a storyline coming through. Uh, there was these skits uh, put out put throughout where like uh, this uh, uh, this you know real lad real lad sanding uh, manager uh, Troy comes through, and he's like uh, critiquing the songs he just uh, literally that you just heard. Um, he's like, none of that lyrical shit, mate. You can't do that no more, mate. You have to, you have to upgrade yourself, stuff like that. If you really want to chart, you have to do this kind of stuff. And the storyline was basically molding into itself, and I didn't even realise there was a storyline until like near to the end of it, where he's like, 
okay, I'm done with you, you're a cokehead manager, go fuck yourself, I don't want any of these deals, I'm going to start my own label. And then I actually looked down on the, on the uh, page on Spotify, and it was like his his new label, and I was like, oh, there you go then. So, But yeah, this is the storyline's clean, uh, some of these tracks are absolutely stupid, um, I just can't get over this. I can't get over Ocean Wisdom, man. Absolutely OP, stupid lyrics, stupid bars. That is absolutely crazy. One of the best pens in the game right now. And if I, I might have to do a top twenty. I might have to do a top twenty list. I usually do top tens uh, in terms of albums in the end of the year, but I might have to do twenty because it's, it's stressing me out of how many good projects I've heard this year. Absolutely stressing me out. <laughs> just go for it, oh, man. Oh boy. Fuck anyway. It. Ugh, bro, it's absolutely stressing me out. But anyway, we shall get to our topic today, which is rap beefs. And we haven't, uh, well, we've, 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 you know, we've, we've covered a couple of rap beefs here and there, you know, a couple of diss tracks here and there, just in passing, as part yeah. of uh, some other uh, uh, subjects uh, that we've covered so far. But we haven't actually gotten into the the concepts of a rap beef and just. Just covering rap beefs, basically. So, um, we're going to this. This might be an ongoing thing. But like, you know, we if we <laughs> if we have nothing else to do, uh, uh, Lord willing, uh, we we might just you know hop on another beef and see see how that went and just uh, reminisce about that, I guess, or or just learn about it if we weren't alive for it. Uh, but in this case, we're just going to cover uh, two uh, particular rap beefs, and probably my favourite two. Um, I don't know about you, Ben, but probably my favourite two <laughs> so uh, in in the, in the annals of hip hop history. Um, uh, N.W.A. Ice Cube slash uh, Easy E and Dr. Dre, and also obviously the most the most more recent one and more uh, uh, more one of the more larger beefs of uh, recent years, uh, Pusha T and Drake. Now, uh, well, well, we're going to start with, uh, might as well do in chronological order, and start with uh, Ice Cube and N.W.A. And, I mean, obviously, for the the backstory for people that don't know, um, obviously, N.W.A., Ice Cube, Dre, Easy, Yella, MC Ren, uh, they had a manager, Jerry Heller, who's this uh, white dude, and... uh, he was very close with Easy, and they were very close because you know Easy technically owned a label. And for those that don't know what N.W.A. was about at the start of the by their first album, most of the lyrics were written by Ice Cube. Even though there was obviously five of them, I think it was Ice Cube mainly. Obviously, Ren is a lyricist himself, and then obviously Yella's more production. Dre did a, uh, obviously express yourself and stuff like that, and. Uh, uh, and and Easy obviously <laughs> didn't, didn't write, uh, if, according to the film. Especially, he couldn't even rap until uh, he had to stop every stop stop for, to record every line. But yeah, at that point, they needed the, they they were going to sign obviously their deals, and they were mid tour, and they still hadn't signed their deals yet. And Ice Cube smelt something, smelt some shit in the air. You know, that, that bullshit that bullshit meter was was uh, ringing. It was like. <laughs> I smell a bit of bullshit here, so uh, he he we went to he confronted Dre and uh, confronted Easy as well, going like, "Where's where's the papers at? Where's the deals? I want to get my I want to get my what my due because he obviously wrote most of the rhymes." And Easy E and Jerry just kept stringing him along, and uh, Cube just uh, at the end just went, "Fuck it, I'm just going to leave and do my own thing," and so he did, which brought the which brought N.W.A. to kind of I guess feel a type of way. Because obviously at that point Ice Cube actually made America's Most Wanted, 
and well, it obviously it charted very highly. It was one, it's one, it's one of the best uh, hip hop albums of all time, to be honest. If we're really being real, uh, obviously produced produced by the Bomb Squad of, of Public Enemy fame, and yeah, it's, it's a slapping album. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. And in the aftermath of that, uh, N.W.A. obviously felt some type of way, and when they went into their EP and also uh, uh, F.O. 4 Zaggin or Niggas for Life, if you want to go backwards. Uh, they dropped 100 Miles of Running. And also uh, in a, one track called Real Niggas, uh, basically pop shots at uh, Cube. Uh, there's one there's one quote where Dre puts, uh, it started with five, but yo, one couldn't take it. So there's now four. So now there's four because the fifth couldn't make it. And, you know, the, the, these, the, the shots that were popped, you know, they were very, not subliminal, but they weren't the hardest hitting bars of all time, you know, it was just like, he just left, he sucks, he's gone, whatever, don't don't think about him. But obviously Q felt some type of weight, and then just came and torched, torched the whole fucking industry, bruv, like, flamed everyone with no Vaseline. I will say it forever, and until I, see, until I hear another one, there is no better diss track than no Vaseline, I'm just gonna say that now, okay? No better diss track. And... That's kind of that's kind of where it's kind of where it's set. Um, if you've seen the film Straight Outta Compton, uh, obviously the the guys listened to according to the film they listened to it and they thought it was kind of fire. Uh, especially Ren and Yella, they thought it was fire, and uh, Easy got a bit salty. But yeah, the Cuban then WA beef is so so. It's such an amazing. Uh, uh, what's the what's the word? A snapshot of hip hop history simply because, like. For one thing, just think of the numbers. He, just, he literally just took out five. He literally just took out four other dudes. Technically five, if you include Jerry, in one track. And I mean, if we're talking about numbers, because this is what we do here, digging digits. I don't think I've heard a diss track where someone takes out five people. Um, name another one if you can. Uh, I, I can't name one at the moment. But boy, No Vaseline's an absolute fucking flamethrower track. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I can't think of a diss track that has actually done that much damage, and so much so that NWA didn't really respond. And and I think it was Easy E in an interview. No, it might have been Ren in an interview. It would have been Ren. Um, and they just said, "Well, we didn't really feel the need to respond." And I was, they didn't. That's correct, right? They didn't respond directly to No Vaseline. I don't think they did. You know? Yeah, because I, mean, I don't think they I, did. So because they called him Benedict Arnold. And yeah, so well, was that on the EP? Was that the EP uh, Hundred Miles and Running? Because that did that come out before or after? Because my my knowledge on the topic isn't that great. Uh, but that did One Hundred Miles and Running become come out before or after No Vaseline? Hundred Miles and Running came came nineteen ninety before uh, Niggas for Life and before uh, uh, No Vaseline. I know that for a fact. And then obviously. Okay. Ice Cube responded on death certificate, which was no Vaseline, and that obviously came uh, nineteen ninety one. So yeah. Okay, so they didn't really respond then to no Vaseline. Uh, the interview that I read was that their second album they said was basically their response. You know, they went number one with that, their first number one, two times platinum. Um, yep. And they said like, well, we don't need we don't need Ice Cube. But the the thing that really struck me about this whole beef was that Ice Cube was right. He was 100% right because Dr. Dre left. They all left. DOC left. Like, um, they left because 
of the, the money, the business, exactly what he was saying in No Vaseline to the point where Dr. Dre came out and released Dre Day, which was basically just rehashing everything Cube said about the money in No Vaseline. Like, obviously, it was nowhere near as scathing like with regards to uh, just the language used. I mean, Dre was pretty intense, but like, yeah, that, that was what struck me the most was... And, and Ice Cube obviously was... You know, it, it's hard to uh, to, to, to remember, uh, I guess, the bravery of that diss and the bravery of his move and then to leave and then go create his own label uh, and then to have probably, we would say, maybe three, four classics in a row. America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate, The Predator, and Lethal Injection. Like, that was from 90, 1990 yep. to 1993. And he released those four albums, and they were all good unbelievable fire. And so he just, you know, mm-hmm. he, he scorched the earth, took five people down with him. And, you know, NWA, one of the most dangerous groups of all time, like that's the way that people uh, view them and the way history views them. That's not a group you particularly want to go against, but I guess Ice Cube had that idea in his head. Is like, and, and it makes sense logically when you look back at it, he was writing the lyrics. So, I mean, how else are they going to respond? I know Ren could could write lyrics as well. I'm not sure who wrote all the lyrics on their second album. Uh, I assume it was Ren. But, um, yeah, man, how are they, they going to respond to that? If, 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 you're, if, you're, if your main rapper, if your writer leaves and then disses you, and the thing that really struck me about it was Easy es just... I'm not going to say stupidity, but naivety in this, in trusting Jerry Heller, because I've watched Straight Outta Compton, uh, and it, it, it made me a bit sad, because, like, you know, you've got Dr. Dre there. Like, how can you not understand that you had him in your stable, and he is one of the most talented artists in the history of just music in general? Surely you understand, and obviously Jerry Heller had no, I don't know, he's just a, I don't know just a vicious white guy who's like, I'm going to profit off these people and I'm going to align myself with Easy because I don't know why he particularly decided to align himself with Easy, but um, it didn't work out well for him. It didn't work out mm. well for Ruthless either, you know? <laughs> and then it ended up with Shug versus <laughs> Shug versus Easy E, and you don't... You, I never want... Shug versus me. I never want Shug in my anywhere around me. I don't want to be involved. I, I'm I'm taking a giant step backwards if Shug gets involved. So it did not work out well for Easy E in the end. Uh, oh boy. Uh, you know the the uh, the two the two hour uh, world marathon record uh, been broken recently. But to guarantee, I saw that. If, if Ben saw Shug, he'd be cracking that barrier as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it in an hour and a half, hour, mate. I'd be minutes. legging it. I would be legging it. <laughs> I'm oh, out. Boy. Oh, boy. That's too funny. Too funny. Uh, Shout out to Elio Kachoge. Um, yeah, just on, just from one point on uh, on Easy and the and Jerry and that relationship and just the whole ecosystem, think about it, right? Because, you know, at that time, it was obviously West Coast and at that point, East Coast wasn't really messing with them like that at the first place. So... You know, you, you, you might see Dre, and obviously we see Dre as, you know, we see Dre. We obviously did the whole bloody episode on him. Um, you know, Dre's a legend, and we see that. We we saw that, you know, from from what we from what we read and, uh, and, and heard and all that. You know, at that time, 
you know, does Easy would Easy have known any other producers? You know, stuff like that. He probably just knows Dre and Yella and maybe some people from West Coast. But you know, you're not gonna. He's not gonna actually look at you know Bomb Squad like Ice Cube did. Because think about that. You know, Ice Cube going to an East Coast production uh, production group and going, I need this album. I need this. Uh, I need this debut album being made. That's a, that's a ballsy move, just on 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 the face of it, in terms of just how East and West wasn't really, you know, uh, f- friends like that, as a as a as a I guess um, two hip hop ecosystems, I guess if you want to call it that. So, uh, thinking about, I guess, obviously we see Dre as the legend, but Easy probably just saw Dre as Dre, and you know didn't really see as anything as that. Obviously, in by the film, Dre had the idea of like you know getting a group together and stuff like that, and he- wanted Easy to basically help bankroll it. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, I, I, I'm trying to like be devil's advocate for a dead guy because he's dead, and I'm just gonna be like, you know, maybe maybe he didn't see, maybe he didn't see that legendary status that we obviously do with our with our uh, you know privilege of hindsight. But anyway, just on that, I just wanted to talk about that on that front but yeah you obviously mentioned Suge and Easy and that's kind of the second half to the whole uh NWA saga I guess and uh, and the end of it um I think it's kind of it's kind of fascinating thinking about how Cube had the foresight like to think about that the absolute foresight to just go yeah ah, I'm just gonna jump ship and then obviously Dre did it a few years later you know we see Dre as an absolute genius I've said that about three times already in the past couple of minutes, but yeah. Cube did it first. Cube saw it. Yeah. Cube saw the writing on the wall, and that's that's something we really need to give Cube his flowers about, um, uh, regardless of it, how much how fire uh, no Vaseline is. Just the fact that he jumped off is is a interesting. It was a obviously a very valuable gamble that paid off absolute truckloads, uh, Brinks trucks loads. Um, but yeah, obviously when Dre hopped onto Death Row and all that, you know, the the song itself, the particular diss track, um, uh, "Fuck with Dre Day," you know, I I I find that track so fascinating because it's it, it fits with the it fits with the whole vibe that obviously the whole sound that Dre was creating there, um, that really unique G funk sound, and also just pop a couple of shots you know it's not a, it's not a it's a diss track by definition but it's not a diss track by essence you know you're listening to it and you you just bumping in the whip you're like this is this is a banger right here man this, these beats are fat and he's he's just casually popping some shots at easy and you're just like i bro i i think this song was on the san andreas soundtrack gta san andreas and i I didn't clock it. I didn't clock those lyrics. I never, I never did. I never really understood it for what it was, and that's just probably because I was you at that time. But still, you know, I'm not gonna go like, oh, that's a, f- oh, it's easy. You know what I mean? Like we do with stuff like No Vaseline or the uh, track we're gonna mention later on, uh, Story of Adidon. But you know, it's 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 just a it fits the it fits the sound that Dre was going for. But you also see pop shots as well, and I just find that so interesting that he managed to make it his. And it fits in his his plan overall grand plan, but it's also just a little like you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna some shots right quick, but <laughs> I just find it so fascinating. We gotta speak about that because 
That's that's an incredible point. And we, when we will get to the we will get to the Drake Pusher thing. And one of the things that a lot of people said about Drake is that if he disses you, everyone's going to be playing in the club. Now Dre Day hit number eight on the Hot 100. It's certified gold, and I wrote here next to it certified fire, which it is. But that's the thing, man. Like there were there were a couple of passing shots at Ice Cube, but it was mostly Easy who copped all of the brunt of it but you're right it's one of those tracks that was uh i think it was the first real hip-hop diss track that crossed over that could be played on radio could be played uh in the clubs it could be played like everywhere it was it was i'm not saying it was hip-hop but i mean it was it was pop focused in that it was designed to be popular and dr dre knew exactly what he was doing back then and that is another thing that we need to give dr dre some credit for i mean no vaseline was just that literally the title right there tells you what was going to happen he was just going in but this track it was like i mean you got snoop on it and now it was just kind of like smooth as hell uh just perfect for the time (laughs) <laughs> but like you know some of the bars are crazy like gap teeth gap teeth in your mouth so my dick's got to fit like with my nuts on your tonsil and they're going back and <laughs> forth like bro that's so wild that song uh, like but, but the, the other thing about it is that easy probably was not ex- <laughs> easy is probably not expecting this because look he, he clearly misjudged this entire situation easy because i guess he was yep. thinking well ice cube's gone now uh dr dre's left who's dr dre like where's he gonna go you know but but he completely missed the boat he he must have been thinking that everyone was aligning behind him for the money or because he was the businessman or because he was the one that was kind of bringing everything together but he i think that he completely disregarded the fact that these artists are very very talented on their own as individuals and whilst nwa created brilliant incredible classic music together it wasn't just it wasn't because of the group it was because of the individuals within the group and they came together and they found this uh this creative zen and then but but ice cube and dr dre by themselves i mean come on like dr dre just went and found snoop dogg and dr dre is one of the greatest producers in the history what do you think's gonna happen he's easily gonna find someone else to write his rhymes for him if he needs that and you know he found that in snoop dogg and i don't know if snoop wrote these lyrics but um like has easy never heard dr dre on a song before like that guy is gonna stomp you out like his voice is incredible if you if you pair dr dre's voice and like just presence on a track with someone writing fire bars for him what do you think you're gonna get you're gonna get an incredible diss and uh, yeah, man, I think that was that was one of the most influential diss songs of all time. I I honestly think "Fuck with Dre Day," great great track. Okay, since you're gonna go for that, I'm gonna advocate for "Real Motherfucking G's" just because that is okay. absolute. We're getting there. G gem of a track. I love it. I just I love how how much of an antithesis it is to Dre Day because obviously, like you said, put put so perfectly, the Dre Day is just literally for. You know, you can regularly consume it as as if it's just a regular track, but then he just they just uh, froze in my nicks got to fit in your teeth, bro. That's just oh, that's so that imagery is just grim. But yeah, when it comes to real motherfucking G's, I love how I love how grimy it is. It's literally just the antithesis. It's like obviously 
Dre Day's going for the going for the you know clean clean beats. You can bump it in the whip. You are not casually listening to real motherfucking G's, okay? <laughs> you are not listening to it casually. It's so dark and so grimy. Like the beats behind it is just ugh. And then you hear that start where it's just going, where just someone's just been going, ah, real motherfucking G's. It's just oh god, that just that just brings you into the fucking lies, and I love it. But yeah, some some of these are, I mean. Probably, I mean, the whole track is kind of just, you know, a, a direct response and has nothing else to do with anything. I guess that's kind of why I would say uh, RMGs is better than Dre Day, just because it's, uh, uh, RMG is to tailor-made as a response, and Dre Day is just like, uh, now I want to do a bumper track, but I also want to throw some shots in as well, so obviously it has a multiple uh, uses for it. But boy, so... <laughs> Some of these, some of these, are, some of these, some of these are funny. Where, where, where is, where's that, where's that bar? Where's that bar? You're like a kid. You found a pop, and now you're dapper. But tell me, where, the, where the fuck you found an anorexic rapper? Just... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I felt uh, a type of way about that. Why are you shooting this dude like that, man? Why are you shooting this dude like that? That's so that. funny. But yeah, motherfuck Dre, motherfuck Snoop, motherfuck Death Row. Here comes my left blow. It's just. I mean, it's it's not you know it's not the most lyrically packed of all diss tracks of all time, but it's just it's it's a real it's a real flag in the sand. It's just I'm gonna plant it right here, right in your turf. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's it's great. And the different the reason I like this particular track over something like um something like hit 'em up right because I said I said I think I said this to you off wax like nobody is listening to hit 'em up. Past it, past two packs uh, verse. I'm sorry, like the outlaws. Oh bit, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I could take it or leave it. I, I could take get it or leave it. Get out the way, I'm, y'all. I'm, get I'm out good. the way, I'm, y'all. I'm usually... Biggie Small just got dropped. <laughs> I'm like, uh, nah, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna wait for two packs yeah. to come back in at the yeah. end and just be yeah. like acapella, yeah. like going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but but it's a, it's a war of attrition that song. Sometimes it's just like, yay, pack. Uh, outlaws. Uh, Come on, Pat. Come back quick. Come back quickly. quickly. Yeah, please, no, please. Skip. But yeah, no. The the verse the verse on here by uh, Dresser and uh, BG Knockout. Not bad. It's it's it's, it's not bad. The Doctor Dre and Snoop Doggy Dog are fucking actors, pranksters, studio gangsters, busters. But it's time you're dealing with some real motherfuckers. It's, it's just uh, it, yeah. it's it's textbook dick swinging, and you know it's it's very Neanderthalish, but it's great. I I, I love it. It's just it, it's just. It's just so, like I said, it's just bit, it's just dick swinging. <laughs> I just really enjoy it. It's so grimy. It's it's so great. That's the thing about this track that I really like is that it fuses that kind of, as you say, dick swinging, just the disrespectful stuff with actual kind of facts. Like he says, uh, Dre Day only meant Easy's payday. You know, like I really like that bar because mm. it's kind of flipping. It's kind of flipping That's a the business whole thing. Bar. <laughs> because yeah, it's a business bar, and I like that. It's kind of flipping the whole thing where you know he's just being like ultra mm. kind of disrespectful, and then he brings some receipts. You know, and then it gives you a bit of a pause for thought because you go. Ah, yeah, that's that's a good point. And apparently that's the truth. Like, uh, Easy was getting a percentage of... uh, That's what happened when Suge went up and confronted him. 
and uh, Easy had to hand over the contracts. But he, the the when he did that, there was a, a percentage of Dr. Dre's earnings that would go back to Easy E during this period, and so. You know, I, I'm not as big a fan of this track as No Vaseline and Dre Day, simply because I just love... Oh, no, 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 no. I just love that Dre Day is just, as you, as I said, like, you know, but I do like the fact that Easy just goes in. And, you know, that's what old school diss tracks are about. You know, it's what battle rap is about. You just go in and you just say the most wild shit you could possibly say. And uh, people love that, man, and, and I really respect that. I personally didn't expect Easy e to come back this hard after being kind of not taken down, but, like, they had receipts against Easy. and Ice Cube's No Vaseline just coming to fruition is very, very hard to come back from. But, uh, yeah, man, this was, like, back against the wall kind of stuff, and uh, he nailed it. He nailed it. It's a great track. And one, one note I just want to... Uh give before we move on to the next uh, uh beef is did he did he mention shook did did easy mention shook on that i just i, just, I literally just thought about it because <sighs> it's a legend like he i did. said it's ki- that's kind of yeah yeah i'm just there gonna look bars. that up right quick just bars. to see if uh shook's mentioned there i mean he bars. says motherfucker death row, bars. i guess i guess yeah, yeah. Just no. I don't think anybody mentioned Suge is straight up, which is kind of interesting. Uh, simply because like you kind of, it's not really easy in Dre, is it? It's kind of easy in Suge in terms of what actually happened. Dre was just obviously a vessel for Death Row and obviously the face of it. So he was like, uh, let me just put my name on this and obviously do the track itself. But the whole beef itself and the whole like stuff that happened. Was you was actually just between uh, Suge and Easy. I just find that I just find that a little wrinkle uh, just just popped into my head that yeah, they didn't actually mention Suge straight up. Uh, but that's quite that's quite interesting. But anyway, we well, shall I mean, move on no, to no, they just, uh, our second just beef, quickly uh, just which is... just quickly on that. I mean, he says okay. um, he does say fuck Death Row, but he does say a little bit later on. He's like, at Death Row, he getting treated like a boot camp. Got to follow your sergeant's directions. So to me, that sounds like. No, not taking shots at death okay. row at all. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it sounds more like I'm just like pretty scared of Suge Knight, and I don't really want to, you know. Let's <laughs> just leave that, and I'll have a crack at you, Doctor Dre. But I'm gonna leave Suge Knight out of this, and I think it's probably smart from Easy. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Smart, smart decision, <laughs> smart decision. But he's, he's still got wax according to the film. But um. We shall move on to the second beef, and uh, you, you know we we we've 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 rinsed this out. Uh, I think we've rinsed this out before. Uh, t- well, uh, have we mentioned it? Yeah, we did mention it in terms uh... of uh, I think the Wyoming uh, sessions episode, but but we'll we'll yes. recap uh, the uh, the Drake uh, pusher beef, and obviously it's been like a year. <laughs> people people are still talking about it, uh, which is so fascinating. I think it'll be. Uh, I mean, I've. I think I've said this on Wax, where, like, I think it's, like, the second... I think Story of Adidon is the best, like... Well, second best uh, diss track of all time <laughs> under No Vaseline. I, oh, I firmly believe that. Yeah. Like, just think... Bro, think, think, think about this, right? Think about this. Like, of all of all the diss tracks that we could possibly talk about, and we'll probably talk about in the future at some point, right? None of them... None of them unveil secrets in such a venomous... No fucks given way. I'm just like getting Pusha hyped T did. just thinking about I, it. Bro, oh, fuck. bro, 
I listened to Adidon like four Shit. times. Like uh-huh. four times that night. I remember the night. I remember the night when it dropped. I was like, I'm okay, let's blast this. And I had it I had it on my phone and it's I was blasting wild. it. And I think I was watching T V at the same time and I was like <laughs> And then I was, I heard the OJ beat. I was like, okay, okay, go for the OJ beat. Oh shit! And uh, yeah, he just (laughs) dove in. He just dove in, and I was just like, okay, let me just pause this TV right quick. Let me get my earphones. (laughs) Let me just indulge. Let me just, let me just get myself in this headspace. Real hip hop. This is. This sounds like. This sounds like all shark teeth just ripping into summer right here. And I'm like, oh my god! I paused so many times. I was like, rewind that. Bro, you said tick, tick, tick. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it's so fucking ruthless, bro. It's so fucking ruthless. I can't stand wow. it. I literally can't stand it. A year later, and I still can't actually fathom how fucking ruthless that song is. <laughs> Absolutely absurd. But yes, if if we're just going to... Do you, do you want to do background on the beef before? Because um, right, I, I know I've kind of skipped ahead. Um, I've gotten ahead of myself. That's right. But if you can... Do do us a favor and just do a little background. Uh, that'll be great, and then you could let me talk about uh, the song itself if you like. <laughs> let me let me hit you what with why this song is so important. So this whole beef started in two thousand and three when Birdman didn't pay the Neptunes for production on what happened to that boy. Now Birdman doesn't pay anyone for production apparently, but you know he this time he did it with Pharrell, and then Pharrell was around two of the heaviest spitters in the game. Uh, no malice and and pusher. So then, uh, Little Wayne went in an interview, and he was wearing a lot of bathing ape at the time, right? You know, that's Pharrell started wearing bathing ape first, really, in hip hop. And Little Wayne called Clips and Pharrell bitch ass in the interview, and then he said, "Who the fuck is Pharrell? Do you really respect Jesus. Pharrell?" So then, Clips did Mr. Me Too, which was on, I think, Hell Hath No Fury. And that, that song, you know, that was pretty brutal towards him. But but basically over the next uh, five or six years, it was just like shade in interviews. It was kind of like dodging around the thing uh, on the Re-Up Gang intro, push a dissed Wayne so that his metaphors are boring. Don't make me turn daddy's little girl to orphan. That would mean I'd have to kill the baby like abortion. Uh, made fun of little Wayne kissing Birdman on the mouth. Uh, which I think everyone in hip hop did. That was that was weird. Then Push kept throwing little jabs, like he'd name drop Wayne on "Open Your Eyes," and then it kind of it kind of calmed down, right? Because little Wayne went to prison, and Pusha said, "You know, free little Wayne. We spoke. We're cool." Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Pusha T drops Exodus twenty three one one, and and if you've ever seen the video for that. Oh my gosh, man. That is one of the grittiest videos I've ever seen. So Lil Wayne is not a battle rapper, <laughs> and he said this verbatim before. He dropped Ghoulish, which is regarded as really weak. Pusha T said, it's so weak, I'm not even going to respond to that. But basically, the, the, the history behind mm. this beef is, is it's always been between Pusha T and Cash Money. So whoever's been at Cash Money at the time, Pusha T's been lining them up. Drake, for some reason, decided it would be a good idea to start throwing these little subs at Pusha T back in 2011. Now, we know that Drake loves a subliminal diss. That's what he does. He subs everyone. The only two rappers I would say he's really gone out on wax explicitly are Pusha and Meek Mill. Uh, 
and he beat Meek Mill somehow, yeah. and that gassed him up. But for some reason, he decided, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna take over this." Like Little Wayne's not as good an MC as me, or some. I don't know what the frick he was thinking. So on Dreams Money Can Buy, he says, "I feel like lately it went from top five to remaining five. My favorite rappers either lost it or ain't alive, and they trying to bring us down, me Wheezy and Stunner." And that was aimed at Pusha T. So then Pusha T replied on New God Flow in 2012. They say death multiplies by threes. Line them all up and let's just see. And then Pusha confirmed in an interview that he was aiming that at Baby Drake and Wayne. So Pusha continued. He did Don't Fuck With Me. He threw more shots on HTV Freestyle. Crutches, crosses, caskets. Um, Little Wayne couldn't do anything because everything that Pusha T had said about cash money came to fruition. Little Wayne had to leave cash money and he wasn't getting paid. So Wayne was, put it Wayne out of the picture right now. There's nothing really he can say. And plus he doesn't, he doesn't do this. Little Wayne, if anyone knows Little Wayne, he throws little tiny shots very occasionally, but he doesn't, he doesn't beef. So it, get, it was going to come down to Drake having to ride for Little Wayne, which is what he did on uh, Two Birds, One Stone. And um, he, mm. he raps. But really, it's you with all the drug dealer stories. That's got to stop, though. You made a couple chops, and now you think you chapo. I, I, look, I don't know what possessed Drake to do that. I don't know why he did that. I think he was gassed up because he beat Meek Mill. And he thought, man, I could beat anyone. I beat Meek Mill. Meek Mill came up as a battle rapper. Nah, man. So that's, that's, the, history. that's the history behind it. Now, Pusha T didn't really... Like, a lot of people said that he really... Uh, when at Drake on infrared, he didn't really. He tapped him on the head. He mm. tapped him on the head. He had three bars. He said yeah. it was written like Nas, but it tap. came from Quentin. A little lock tap. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a little temperature yeah. check. He said it was written like Nas, but it came yeah, from Quentin. Tap. And then he wrote, "How could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your own songs?" And that, the implication to that was, "What? How are you gonna? How are you gonna win this beef?" How are you going to win this beef for cash money? They haven't won. And there's a classic um, story of Pusha T. I I think he was in Miami. And Birdman just got into an elevator. Pusha T was dolos by himself. Birdman had like three guys with him. Pusha T's just standing there. Pusha T's cold as ice, man. He didn't even care. And in an interview, he's just like, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? It's like, bro, this is not the guy to be going at. And, uh... That's that that brings you all the way up. That's the history behind this. So it goes back a long, long way, uh, and it was just silly of Drake. It was really silly. But let me know what you think about that because I've got more. But I want to know what your thoughts are on that so far. Um, honestly, I didn't actually I didn't actually know the whole thing. I think I read about it or watched a couple of videos about the whole thing and how it spans like over ten years. But I don't know. It's it, it... I guess it's one of those, I guess it's one of, it's actually a really, you know what it is? It's like a, it's like a well-matured whiskey. Like, it just, it just sat in a barrel for, for 20 years, or, well, for, or for however long it was, and it was just, just, just there, just gathering its flavours, you know, just uh, getting the ingredients there, and like, it's in its cask barrel, and you know, it's, it's absorbing the wood, or whatever the whiskey does, uh, in, ter- in terms of fermentation, and just like, you know chilling in the barrel and then you just and then you just pour that first glass and then it's just like mm, that tastes good i want more of that and then you just have a bit more and then you find a mixer with it and you're like oh that feels good this is 
it's it's like a, it's like a good whiskey. That's that's how I think about it. But it's just a lot of small things is uh, that just culminated into this one explosion. And I've never. It's actually a very unique beef if you actually thinking about it. If you actually think about it, because it's again, it's not. It's similar to the NW. Uh, it's similar to like the Easy Dre beef. Like it's not even. It's not. It wasn't even between Pusher and uh, and and Drake at the start. You know, uh, obviously Lil Wayne was in it. Uh, Kanye had his hand in it. You know, there was a lot of there were there were a lot of other other factors here, but I don't know. Drake clearly just wanted to uh, put his cape on for Lil Wayne for some reason. I'm just <laughs> and got burnt for it, which I which I find absolutely hilarious. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a very it's a very unique beef in just how long it took to just actually properly blossom into into the uh into them couple of months last year of just a uh, pure uh pure heat and uh the aftermath of of the world being scorched <laughs> i think the key about it is i think one of the motivations for drake was kanye and you know pusha t became the president of good music and I think we have to factor that in because mm. I honestly don't think Drake is just going to bat for Little Wayne because Pusha T was pretty chilled with regards to throwing shots at cash money. Like he wasn't really doing anything. But I think, I, so I've listened to a lot of interviews, okay? I've listened to Pusha T talk about this ad nauseum. Everyone's asking him about the beef. And Pusha T is some sort of sociopath. If you listen to him in interviews, it's very calming because... Uh, being a sociopath is pretty calm you don't you're not emotional like you just view things completely objectively and you're very calculated so listening to Pusha T interviews are great I'm like wow man this is really but I can never be like that but if when they spoke to him about it Mm. uh, I think it was there was there's stuff was going on behind the scenes where Pusha T was like okay Drake's gonna come at us and I honestly think it was mainly Kanye. Now, there were a couple of things said between Kanye and Drake and some random shots thrown and some interviews. And so then what happened was, <laughs> this was crazy. People don't understand this. People don't know this. This is crazy. All right, Kanye West, I love you to death, but this was stupid. Drake announced the release date of Scorpion on April 16. He re- he announced that he will be releasing Scorpion at the end of June. Okay? 3 days later, 3 days later, Kanye West announced that he would be dropping Yay, Daytona, Kidsy Ghosts and KTSD. KTSE, sorry. He said that he would start what d- May 25th and he would end late June. So he locked out the entire month of June. Okay? So that was just ridiculous. I have no idea why he decided to go at Drake like that because that's a clear escalation of things. I don't care what anyone says. You don't, you know, release Mm. dates are huge nowadays. Release dates have always been huge in hip hop where artists have pushed back or they've brought forward. They've tried to avoid direct competition with each other or they've dropped directly like next to each other in order to compete Kanye clearly had some ulterior motive here. So I can understand why Drake felt a way about that. And then infrared drops, and he's like, oh, I know what time it is. I see what's going on here. And especially because Drake knew, he must have known that he had revealed he has a child on that song, March 25th, or whatever that song is of Scorpion. And 
I can understand why he's upset because Drake wrote the hook for Yikes. He was like giving Kanye music and Kanye was involved in those Scorpion sessions. So Kanye would know about this child. And when he heard that that drop from Pusha T, Pusha T said in an interview that um, uh, Drake must have heard Infrared before it dropped because... Uh, people had, you know, a, a press had advanced copies, etc., etc. So Drake came back with Duppy Freestyle, mm. kind of like what was it? Was in twenty four hours, I think. Like it came out real quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Duppy Freestyle was good. Like it was really good. It was a good diss track, and it, it kind of everyone was sitting back, like, oh, here we go, man, here we go. And I was listening to some reactions to it like after the fact and a lot of people were thinking okay drake might have got push here drake might have got push but then story of added on dropped and it was just like it was a bomb man it was a total bomb like like i was sitting there listening to it and my head was just exploding when he started saying some of this shit about having a child and how dare you put yay in my verses? I'm selfish. I want all the curses. I'm pre-booking the churches. Me versus three hearses. If we all go to hell, it'll be worth it. Like, and then the 40 stuff. And <laughs> look, that, how many bars was that? It wasn't, it was like a one verse. You know, Duppy Freestyle was one verse too, but it was a lot longer. And Pusha T said, you know, Surgical Summer Volume 1, we're going to take this slow. We're just going to peel it back layer by layer. Ah, and then Drake was just Such like... Such a threat. What, Such a threat. What could Drake do? You know. And then Drake, Jay Prince came out and said that, you know, there was there's a there's a career-ending disc somewhere um, that never got released, and Jay Prince said he had to step in and have a conversation. But, you know, so I just want to quickly say on that, uh, Pusha T said in an interview that um, his people and Drake's people did speak, and they agreed to end the conflict they agreed now Pusha T said it was just his people and Drake's people he said if Drake threw ta- more jabs Pusha T was just going to go all the way in and he had more in the clip that was not his full arsenal What's more so he all the had way more to come that? <laughs> I don't what, what more but that's the thing that's the thing Pusha T said look I've always been honest and truthful in my raps he said there's nothing you can do to hurt me and this is, I found this 100% true in my own life, especially with regards to mental health and mental illness. Like if you're just being 100% honest about who you are and, and like what you've been through and things you've done, no one can hurt you with that. It's like the eight mile thing where Eminem just comes out and just says all the shit that his adversary is going to say, and then you're done. And Pusha T's put it all on wax over the years. Everyone knows everything about Pusha T, but, I, but look at Drake. He is this perfectly curated pop star. I guarantee there's some wild shit that we don't know about. And I don't think it was Drake who had the career-ending diss track. I don't think it was. I think it was... and But he might have had some shit on Kanye. And that's where he might have gone with that. But I still think Pusha T had wild shit. And Drake was like, eh, let me just exit stage left. So, do you think that... Because I'm... I Honestly... I'm very, very skeptical that, and I find it very coincidental that Drake, like you know, Jay Prince stepped in and like you know, Drake had Drake had a career ender, and I'm like, do you though? 
do you though? I I just I I'm just gonna forever be skeptical about that fact. Now maybe maybe if we're talking about Kanye, then I I I'm probably sure that Drake has some yeah. some actual genuine dirt on Kanye. But if we're talking about Pusha here, which is you know the second the other name in this particular beef, I, Drake has nothing. I I I'm so sure of that. If if we're talking about career enders, uh, the career ending track that never got dropped. It may have been for Kanye, may have been, but if we're talking about Pusher, which which should be the focus of the or focus of the beef, if 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 Drake was talking about that, then no, I don't think that track exists. I don't think it does. I'm I'm super skeptical about that. If it's about Kanye, then I'm sure it's somewhere that in the ether or in some on someone's hard drive. But no, not for Pusher. No, n- there's no career mm. ender for for Pusher T from Drake. I firmly do not believe that. No such thing as yep. that track doesn't exist. I agree. I agree one hundred percent. I don't see. You know, Pusha T even said that Good. he's just like, how can you end me? How, he's like, how? How could you end me? You can't. And it's it's that classic like you got to punch up, don't punch down, because you're not going to win if you're punching down. And the only way Drake could end up winning that is if he punched directly across from him and that is kanye and i think there might be some wild shit that as you say like yes that's the career ending diss and i think the whole point of what jay prince said and i know he was promoting a book at the time but a lot of people have a lot of respect for jay Mm. prince you know i've heard a lot of interviews i've heard interviews with him very smart guy and he's put a lot of people on and i think it was more this is going to end kanye in a way which is wild to even think about because like Kanye's tried to end himself about 80,000 times and he hasn't managed to do it himself. He's ended himself in many people's eyes in the past few years. <laughs> he has, man, he has. But I guarantee you, like, you know, uh, September was a huge month for me on Hip Hop Numbers and it was almost simply because of Jesus is King. Like, it, he has a huge following still. It's, it's, um, it's amazing the wild stuff he's done and he's still here, but... Drake must have had something on him because for Pusha T to want to end that as well and Drake wanting to end that, like Drake didn't want to end that. You know that. he Deep down, Drake's an MC. I don't care what anyone says. Deep down, he loves his stuff. Like back to back was just, it was just like how do you go at Meek Mill and beat him when you have a ghostwriter? I don't know, but he did it. Back to back was great. Duppy Freestyle was really great. Drake really, I think, wanted to get into the ring and wrestle with Pusha T. But, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I think, yeah, man, that, that diss must have been... Uh, I can't even fathom what's in it. It's one of those things that people in the industry, if you know what's in that diss track, you're in a very privileged position, and, and I salute you because you've built mm. your way up to the top of respect in the industry to actually hear that diss track and those, and those words that were in that, and uh, I'm very jealous of you because I want to know what was in that song. All hail... The rap beef, one of the, one of the most fun things to talk about in terms of just hip hop conversation. And as a, and actually, I forgot the insp- I was actually supposed to say the intro, the insp- inspiration for this particular episode uh, when I when I thought of it was because uh, obviously Shaq and Damian Lillard, aka Dame Dollar, have been have been trading oh, bars uh, yes. so uh, the past couple of weeks. And I've t- I totally forgot to mention that, uh, but and, but anyway, That's I just wanted right. to throw that in. Dame one, by the way. Everyone, Dame, Dame one. got that stop, by. Stop, stop, stop Dame saying got Shaq. that by like. Stop, stop. He's stop, got that by a marathon stop, length. Right. Like, how could you, stop, like, bro? Dame, 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 Dame,
No, Dame's fucking eviscerated him. Dame, Dame got that. There's no need, mate. There's no need, mate. Don't worry. The, pe- the, the okay, real okay, ones okay. know. The real ones know. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> later date. Later date. <laughs> anyway. Right. Oh god. All right. Shall we move on to a later date? Uh, yeah. I wasn't gonna do this. I wasn't gonna do this because, look, I've been in a very bad. Yeah, you weren't gonna do it. Let's act like you weren't gonna do it. I was always going to do it, but I didn't want to do it. But I've been in a very bad headspace over last month. <laughs> and we have, to be, we have to be self-aware when we're in a bad place. We're more irritable. We get, more, we get angry more quickly. And we have to understand that. Yep. I understand that. But this is just ridiculous. Okay? So Logic dropped a verse on the French Montana song. And he says in the verse, 1-800, I killed a pussy who can relate. That is the worst bar in hip-hop history. I don't care, man. I don't care. Like, there's no worse bar. Eminem has said some terrible bars, okay? But Eminem never put out the 1800 song. And now, I want to speak about this because Logic said... Hang on. Let me just let you know exactly verbatim what Logic said about the 1800 song. Now, if you don't know about that song, it's a song that came out in 2017. It went five times platinum. It blew Logic up. Logic's success now, first week sales, are due to this song. It's about suicide prevention and calling the suicide prevention hotline. Okay, now Logic says on this song, he said, firstly, it's his least favorite song on the album. But he says, uh, I've... I've never personally dealt with suicidal thoughts. I have to put myself in that negative place. I hope the fans can appreciate that I'm taking myself to a place I don't want to be, to a place as close as possible to the place that the listener is. When I listen to it, it takes me to a solemn place, but for the listener, it takes him to a higher place, and that's why I do it. Okay, now look, I can respect that just, just. You, you're doing the, the J. Cole KOD thing where you haven't really gone through it, but you're identifying an issue within society, and suicide is the biggest killer for women and men under the age of 45. Governments don't do shit about it. Yep. So I'm very glad that Logic did that. But then he comes out and drops yep. this bar, and it is the height of disrespect. Now, let me explain fucking why. Suicide has been rapped about many times. It's been used in punchlines in hip-hop before, but that's one of those things where you can look at it and say, all right, you're not really talking about suicide. Like, you, you don't, you're not talking about the nitty-gritty of suicide. The people that have lived their whole life not wanting to be here, wishing they weren't born. Every day is a struggle for them. Every day they wake up and wish they could kill themselves. Okay, those, those rappers aren't, mm. they're, not, they're not immersed in that. Logic claims that he went down to this dark place that I've been in for many fucking years. My friends have been in. I've seen people kill themselves. This is a dark place. You don't want to go down here. No one wants to be down here. It's a horrible place. No one wants to kill themselves. It's fucking horrific. So he's claimed that he went down there. Then to put that line out there is just the most disgusting thing in the world. It just... It's so disrespectful to anyone who's gone through any struggle at all. It's just, what the fuck were you thinking? What in the fuck were you thinking? And this comes after his bipolar line earlier in the year where he said, um, because Kanye West is a genius, I feel like I want to be bipolar. That's like saying to me, oh, Ben, you have a really great body. I wish I had an eating disorder as well. I'm like, no, you fucking don't. 
You don't. Okay, yes, I have a six-pack, but that's not a good thing. Do you understand what fucking anorexia and exercise addiction is? Shut the fuck up. So don't say that you wish you had bipolar. You have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And Joe Budden said that Logic is the worst rapper to ever grace a mic. That's not true. That's ridiculous exaggeration. Okay, no, you're not the worst rapper to ever grace a mic. We know that Logic can rap. We've heard him rap before. He's not the worst rapper to ever grace a mic. Mm -hmm. This is the worst bar that's ever been spat on wax. I don't care what anyone fucking says. I don't care. You go back to all that shit. This is just just the history and the context around this. Fuck you, Logic. From the bottom of my fucking heart, fuck you. From everyone that I know in my life who has dealt with suicidal thoughts, Fuck you, shut up, stop recording until you sort your shit out and never say anything like this again on wax because it is disgusting. Done. That's it. Okay. Just, I'm just going to let that sit because, um, I mean, when I when I, I saw the I saw the button quote and, and that's, that's kind of the first place I saw it. And I was just like, okay, let me just look into this. And then obviously you heard the track, which... Just uh, just on, you know, a genuine lighter note, French Montana still records music. Wow, did not realize. Did did not realize. Yeah, I that's wild. Swear, bro. I I can't that's believe even French more Montana. surprising. Who yeah. still listens to French Montana? Fuck me. Wow, I can't believe that. I've I've actually been I've been surprised French Montana's made it this far from a music standpoint. Seriously, I've just never I've never heard a French Montana song where I'm like this slaps. This is great lyrics. This slaps. I, I can't. I can't imagine that. But anyway, that aside, that that was my second thought uh, coming out of that when I saw French Montana's name. But yeah, you know, <laughs> That's fair. yeah, Joe, Joe is obviously Joe is obviously very, um, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Exaggerative. Like yes. it, it's, it's prone to hyperbole. It probably shows a uh, yes, yes, very, very, very prone to hyperbole. That's a great way of saying it. Um, yes, he is not the worst person ever. Well, well not the worst ever rapper to grab a mic, whoever he said. Uh, no, paraphrasing, you know. The, the, yeah, that's that's obviously from a quality standpoint. You know, <clears throat> uh, Logic has uh, some, you know, some some tracks and some albums and some mixtapes that are obviously always worth listening to, in my view. Um, but yeah, this, this past few years have been, uh, you know, I'm not a Logic fan, uh, per se, and I'm very, I'll be very surprised if he has any by the end of this, uh, debacle. Um, it's, uh, it, it is very, I, I, I think I got into him around, I think, The Incredible True Story, which I actually think is, is, I, I, I enjoy that album probably more than Under Pressure, but I can understand why people say Under Pressure is yeah. the best one. But yeah, yeah but Under like, Pressure, it's great. You album. know, after that, yeah, oh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's, it's a good album. Uh, I just, I just enjoy the uh, the storyline of uh, the Credible True Story. I just like the world building in that. Um, but yeah, past that, it, it it's just gone a little bit more downhill. You know, it's, it's every for every moment, and then and then a few more ups because I still got forty four more on my uh, regular rotation. That shit still slaps to me. Like I can't. It's it still hits to me. But yeah, it, it, this past year, this year indefinite has just been. Wow, it's just been so grimy, uh, just so cringe, and that bar itself, yeah, uh, yeah, that is a top five ugliest thing to read on 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 a on a on Genius. I swear, because that is just, mmm, that just that, that just leaves like a real bad taste in the mouth. Like I can't, I do not know if he's trying to be a meme lord. 
or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what mindset came out of that, uh, came into, came, birthed that particular bar. But yeah, yeah, you, you, you said it, you said it pretty, uh, pretty well on that front and I, I won't bother uh, getting into all that. But yeah, that's just how I came yeah, about the, it. Um... And, and obviously you, then you came through off, off wax to, uh, to, to, to could confirm that this is going down. <laughs> this is going on wax. Free. Yeah, the 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 last thing that I'll say on that is that um what has surprised me most has been the reaction on Twitter. Uh it's just been overwhelmingly negative towards this bar and this this song and a lot of my followers and I've gotten a lot of new followers in the last 24 hours. I think I've got a thousand new followers just simply from tweeting about this and they're just like, "Look, I used to be a Logic fan." Um, I used to really like him. I don't know. I don't understand. They're like, you know, normally with hip hop fans, you do hear some, oh, shut the fuck. Like I did get some some uh, comments that I would find indicative of older hip hop fans or like not older hip hop fans. I mean, like what I would have expected to hear from this. Uh, just get over it. Stop being so sensitive. You know, it's just hip hop. Like no one means, but there's only, I can only think of two comments that actually said that out of at least 500 to 1000 that I've responded to. And like 998 of them have been, yeah, this is fucked. What are you doing? Like, this is a bad fucking bar. You're not the worst yeah. rapper of all time. And we can agree, like on Homicide, his technique is good. You know, he, he can rap. But like, yeah, man, I, it's... Oh, of course. Why, why, why did he That's kind of what's so disappointing fucking... about all of this. That's kind of, that's kind of what's disappointing because like, we all know that Logic could spit, like he has bars, like it's, it's documented that he's good. But yeah, it's just um with supermarket, which is just ugh. Uh, everybody, which apart from the artwork is fucking amazing. I love the artwork, but um yeah, that's just eh. And yeah, now to this, it's just a new low. And you know, Young Sinatra five wasn't that bad, or was it four? Why Civ? That's four in it. Yeah, so four. You know that that was four. okay. You know he had the Wu Tang track. He had the the hundred miles of running. Funny enough, <laughs> um, with Wale. You know he has good tracks about, yeah. but uh, in, even in his past year or so. But yeah, I, uh, it's just so up and down. And I'm like, bro, like you need to. Uh, it's just so. It's a lot of missteps where I'm just like, bro, it's so. I can't even be devil's advocate anymore because I feel like there is a lot of overhating when it comes to uh, logic sometimes. Um, obviously, this is obviously well justified in this case, particular case. But yeah, most of the time it's just you know, oh, he's corny, and nah, nah, nah. I'm just like, yeah, 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 you know. But he, you know, he does have some bars here and there. You don't have to, you don't have to like every track. You know what I mean? This is he does have some bars here and there in some tracks. That's what I keep saying as devil's advocate. But this, ugh, yeah, this is just a this is just a, a motive that I can't, I can't. <laughs> there is no defense to this. I'm just like, why? Like what? I don't know what the motivation was for this particular line. It's just so, it's just so, I can't understand it. So I'm just not going to try. It's no point getting, putting any brain matter no, into it. I can't either. I can't either. The only uh, okay. other thing I want to speak about on a, on a lighter note is, guys, please read up on intellectual property rights. Please understand what copyright is. Please understand that you can't just steal stuff because it's on the internet. I, I'm just I've been confronted with this the last couple of days where someone told me that I don't own words because I said to an account on Instagram please please don't cut and paste my tweets and then crop my logo out 
And someone responded, lol, imagine thinking you own words. I'm like, look, man. So I engaged. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have engaged, bro. I shouldn't have engaged. But I said, I don't own words the same way a painter doesn't own colors. But the painter owns the way he puts the colors together. And their response was, well, when you successfully sue an Instagram page, uh, let me know. And there was one other comment, right? This was this was this was really surprising to me. So I'd I tweeted under a Datpiff uh, post about the Kanye uh, release, alleged release date. And I said, look, Kanye doesn't even adhere to his concrete release dates. He's not going to adhere to a, a temporary one. And so someone responded, can you please um, put the tweet out where you say how long we've had to wait for each album? Someone replied with a screenshot from their own Instagram of them stealing my tweet. They, they stole the tweet, cut me out, cropped me out, and Jesus then they replied Christ. to my tweet. They replied to my tweet with my stolen statistics. And I was like, uh, wow. what about the credit? And you know what their response you know what their response was? They're like, hey man, fuck off. You have heaps of followers. You don't need the extra followers. And I was like, it's not about followers though. It's about like those are my statistics. And they're like, nah man, fuck you. You get you're getting too greedy. Greedy? Like, oh, <laughs> dude, how wild is it out here in these internet streets? It's like you can just steal shit. It's like I would just oh, steal man. a Metro Boomin' beat and then go number one and be like, now fuck you, Metro Boomin'. You had two or three good years. You're rich. Let me let me eat <laughs> off your work. Like, uh... look, I'm not being super angry at these people. Oh. I understand that it's a it's a different. We oh. live in a different world now and. You know, people just don't know. People are ignorant of this stuff, and and I understand that. But like, you guys have to understand that you can't just steal stuff. You can't take people's pictures and post them on your, on your Instagram and blow up off them. You can't steal tweets. You can't. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say, man. Like, I work hard on this shit. Please credit if you find my stuff somewhere and it hasn't been credited. Please tag me so I can have a conversation with the account. It doesn't. It doesn't come to blows. No one blows anyone up. I'm not going to air anyone out. But I just want people to understand that, like, you work hard on this shit. You want it. You want to be credited for it. You know. It's not even. It's like. It's not even like ignorance. They're actively doing it in terms of just like all you have to do. You could pop the screenshot on. Like you know, I've I've seen I've seen I've seen your IG. Like artists have screenshotted your thing, and like just. They haven't even tagged you in it. They just have the pic. They just have the picture, yeah. but obviously has your Twitter handle on it. You know that's yeah, that's, that's the bare minimum. That's okay, I'll but accept the that. The fact that they actively that. cut it off is just it. Yeah, it's that's just, that's just the thing. It's just like yeah, did, why did cut that it on off? Purpose. Like just pop. Like, what does what does what Boss Man's Twitter Twitter handle have to do with you? Like why are you acting like it's yours? It's just a joke. And honestly, you, you, you sound much calmer than I would. I'll be going funk flex on him. I'll be shouting down this fucking mic. Like, no, listen. It's my fucking stats. Like, I'll be, <laughs> bro, I'll be pulling up. Oh, bro, shit. unbelievable. You, you know what? The, you, got wish the best, I, you got the best funk flex. Fucking <laughs> 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 Jesus. You got the, the best funk flex, bro. No, come on, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. Unbelievable. Oh, bro. I'll be, you know what? There's an episode oh, of Futurama. And I'll, I'm gonna finish on this. There's, there's an episode of Futurama, right? Uh, right, where they're able to go into the internet, and I would just love that because if yeah. I'd be just texting them like, "I right, come into the internet, meet me at this chat room. Let's go, let's go throw hands. Like, let's cheat it. That literally be it. Like, I'll be just like, I'll pull up. 
because if you ain't fucking, if you ain't respecting my shit, bro, you just have, to, all you have to do is add the fucking, like, the, the at. Just, just put the at. Put the fucking at. That's all you have to do. Hurt. It's not hard. Like, they just actively There's be no fucking not to snaky do that. like that. It's just, yeah. bro, I'm more triggered than yeah. you over your ting. Like, what is this? Unbelievable. Oh, I need to go take a walk. It's right, been happening to me for 12 months. <laughs> oh, you're the best, mate. I fucking love you so much. You're the best. <laughs> Ladies oh, and gentlemen, shit. this has been Digging in Digits. We've hoped you enjoyed this episode. Ben's made me more angry than I thought I would be by the end uh, of this. But here we I are. Apologize. I'm going to go take a walk. I have been Charlie Taylor of The Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. Thank you for listening. Uh, shout out to everybody who's listening. We appreciate you listening. Uh, we always appreciate your support. Uh, hope you have a good week, everybody. And we shall always, always try and do the same. Tag your shit. Okay? Tag your shit. Real. And until the next time, Real. take it easy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show, peace and video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Off Records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Off Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.